0: It's Wednesday morning just outside of Horton Plaza Park, as protesters on both sides are either supporting or protesting President Donald Trump. And I'm out here with reporter Phil Molnar, who's been covering the event. Phil, why don't you describe what we're seeing right now? Okay,
1: so it's really hot outside right now and sunny, but there's more than 100 people out here. Probably, I would say, close to, you could say almost up to 300 people. Um, It's about two to one anti-Trump to pro-Trump. The one thing that's making the kind of the count screwed up is on the pro-Trump side, they have a big uh, anti-vaccination movement out there. So it's kind of hard with their crowd to sort of say two to one, but for sake of argument, it's about two to one.
0: Yeah, and over there, I see a few MAGA hats and a couple signs, but it's kind of even between those and the anti-vaxxer signs.
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically what we're seeing is a lot of people that have long-term... This isn't something they came to within the last couple of weeks, but they've generally disliked the president since he was elected or they've liked the president since he was elected. So both sides are out here right now. Um, We see on the anti-Trump side a lot of signs that are pro-immigration, a lot of talk about um, a president that doesn't follow the Constitution. And then on the pro-Trump side, we're seeing a lot of... the. The Make America Great Again red hats, as well. And a lot of like patriotic gear, people wearing um, hats with American flags, or there was someone with a running suit made of American flag. So that's sort of what we're seeing at the moment.
0: Certainly. And so far, I haven't seen any openly offensive or racist signs on either side. So I suppose that's a plus one for civility there.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen. I mean, I've heard a few things this this morning about maybe some scuffles that broke out. But I'm happy to say, since we've been out here almost an hour, I haven't seen anybody fighting. I mean, maybe a few taunting back and forth. But uh, yeah, nothing too bad right now.
0: Yeah, and San Diego police have a good several hundred feet between these two groups, so uh, you know, a melee is unlikely to break out.
1: Yeah, we'd hope. I know I covered the Trump rally in San Diego in 2016. And there was actually a barrier between the protesters and the pro-Trump. But when the pro-Trump people got out of the rally, there was some interaction, even though the cops were holding them, and a bit of a scuffle broke out. So um, something's always possible. But this crowd size, like I said, at max, it's probably like 300 people.
0: It's just not probably not enough for some big scale thing. So we went out and spoke to a number of people on both sides of this event. Here are some of their voices.
1: I'm here with Elaine Adams, 67, from North Park. She's retired uh, design and manufacturing. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the sign you're holding?
2: Well, I'm holding a—it's a—Trump finally got on Time magazine, but in all the wrong ways. It's a sign of Trump looking down at a little migrant girl crying. And it just—I think it really says a lot about the current administration, the cruelty— yeah.
1: Okay, and then above it, it says impeach and prosecute.
2: Yeah, I put that there. It's, that's <laughs> my it's, That's my Sharpie. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's okay. me and my Sharpie. <laughs> All
1: right, so why did you decide to come down here today?
2: Um, I wanted Trump supporters to see why we don't care for Trump, the cruelty, um, the way he treats children of color and people of color, and I just wanted them to see this.
1: Okay, this and— nice uh... a lot of trump supporters are saying he's so good for the economy and that's one of the reasons they enjoy uh... his presidency what, what would you say to that the flip side that he's you know it's good for the economy
2: well he's hanging on the coattails of president obama president obama was very good for the economy i lost almost everything in two thousand eight under a republican uh... uh... president but under trump uh, my savings uh, my stocks um, my portfolio Um, quadrupled and I gained everything back and more and he started um, this whole impetus of jobs the good uh, job economy um, and he's the one that went for higher wages and equality in the workforce so Trump has only been riding on the coattails of my president President Obama
1: All right, I'm here with Richard Hansen, 60 years old, from Bay Park area.
3: Correct. Yes, and uh, what brought you out to this event today? Well, I am actually the only Republican running for mayor of the city of San Diego. I changed my registration on Monday from NPP to Republican. I had registered as a uh, my candidate uh, intention of uh, candidacy in January. So now I'm out here to support the Republican party. I voted for Trump in 2016. So I've always been supporting him. But, I, you know, the MPP is like, kind of like independent. But I went, I went and decided that no to socialism. America will never be a socialist country. But because kind of what the other gentleman and, and his wife said is the fact that the uh, Democrats have gone so far left. I was a Democrat from 92 all the way through Obama. And then 16 days before the election, I changed my party participation to MPP, voted for Trump. And then on Monday, I became a full-fledged Trump Republican. So there's a big difference from the elitist Republicans to the Trump Republicans. So I wanna make sure everybody knows that I'm a Trump Republican and I support him.
1: Okay, excellent. So Q, uh, have you been to other events where Trump's come to San Diego before? Uh, Cause sometimes there are a lot of protesters on one side and uh, there's less um, supporters we find uh, sometimes at these events.
3: Why do you think that is in San Diego? Well, this is my first time, but a lot of people are afraid. I mean, with the threats of just wearing a red hat now, it's not even if you're wearing a Trump hat, they're just wearing a red hat or an American flag. And so all of a sudden being an American is somehow uh, being a fascist as far as the left is concerned. And the leftist policies of socialism they just don't know their history about stalin he killed 30 million people and they want to enslave this country into socialism take away our second amendment rights take away our first amendment rights of free speech and they've gone way too far and they're pandering to the left which is a big big mistake because in the general as the other general gentleman said it's going to be a landslide i mean trump is going to win next november in a landslide and the left has no idea or maybe they know And maybe that's why they're so freaked out and they're so angry is because they actually think uh, that he's going to win and their only uh, chance is throw a big temper tantrum. And that seems to be what's happening. But I'm out here to support Donald Trump, our president, uh, and support America.
1: Excellent. Uh, Are you going to say anything when Trump pulls up in his car? Uh, Any any planned
3: statements like, Well, you know, I already Instagrammed him and told him that, hey, I'm the only guy Republican out here running for mayor of the city of San Diego, and I'm hungry. What time is lunch? So, you know, I'm hoping that he slows down and opens up the door to the motorcade and goes, hey, Richard, come on in, man. We got to support this guy. He's running as a Republican for mayor. So, you know, I'm trying to get my name out there, and I think you guys are going to help. So I really appreciate that. So, uh,
1: Jerry, what brought you out here today?
4: Well, I um, was coming to work this morning, and uh, the traffic was in snarls, and understood that uh, President Trump is here. So I'm uh, here to bring attention mainly to the uh, Confederate monument that's sitting in Horton Plaza Park. is a public park since 1926. I don't think it should be here. I think it should be in a museum or in the ground.
1: <laughs> okay, and the other side of your sign says, "We love immigrants." I yes, think. Absolutely. Okay, and w- why? What do you mean by that, and why do you feel like it's necessary to have that particular message?
4: Well, I, you know, I uh, love immigrants personally, and I think most Americans do. And it, we are—we all came from immigrants, largely. We're um, unless you're a Native American, we're all immigrants. Uh, the fact that some are here because of political boundaries or uh, political bureaucracy or not is uh, a moot point to me. I think that the people that came here came here because they were tempted by corporations that offered them jobs. So we offered jobs, people came, and then when uh, everything hits the fan, we go after the people who came, not the people who offered the jobs.
1: Uh, and do you feel that this president is against immigration in general or just certain immigration?
4: I understand the sympathy of conservatives and this maybe this president. I, I believe this president is racist. So I don't really understand his heart, but I believe the, the message that people care about is that they want legal immigration uh, processes to be followed, so I understand that. But if you want that, if you want to hold people to that standard, why not hold the owners of the businesses that brought these people? There are very few, under ten, that have been arrested in the last year for hiring illegal immigrants nationwide. Why is that? Okay.
1: and Do you feel like this president is demeaning towards immigrants?
4: Absolutely. I, uh, we knew this in while he was campaigning that he um has had problems with immigration and uh, but he's used fear and the fear of brown people to, to attract americans to to his side so um this is simply a fear-based strategy it's a it's a, it's a known and proven tactic and uh but we also know that there's a, a counter to that and if we just exercise a little love change the law a little we can fix things but we don't need to do it uh, especially by kidnapping people's children which is just outrageous you know
1: and can you tell us a little bit about what the uh climate is like out here and sort of what what for our radio audience what you sort of see uh, around you what's the situation out here
4: i see mostly all um people that just popped up because they heard he was coming i've been out here for about an hour and was here a couple hours ago so it's uh to me it's a a bunch of concerned Americans that are worried that their country's falling apart and following the wrong path. So I've, I've seen a few Trump supporters who mostly seem to be here to uh, needle people and um, I don't hear a lot of logic and uh, in the arguments I hear a lot of uh, repeating things that came out of his mouth which I just can't trust. We, nobody in their right mind would be able to trust something that comes out of a, such a prolific liar in my mind. So.
1: Okay, excellent. And is there um, a presidential candidate you're looking at right now that you might like to vote for?
4: I would like to see Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren or in either one or the other in either role. And some of the other candidates make great uh, cabinet members or, or uh, you know, different uh, leaders of different departments. But there's a. Uh, I'm independent. I used to be a conservative Republican. I quit the party about nine years ago, uh, just out of just pure um, disgust and or concern, you know, the direction it was going. And um, now I just urge other people to follow their conscience, their own personal heart. And um, do we want it's This isn't Democrat or Republican thing. Is that what America do we want? Do we want one based on fear and, and wealthy people, or do we want one based on you know, everybody working together and living together and trying to make this a a better country.
1: All right, so I'm here with Jeff and Kate that are on the pro-Trump side. Um, So Jeff, why'd you uh, come down today to this event?
5: Uh, You know, the truth of the matter is, is uh, for the most transparent president that we have and uh, obviously the most uh, negatively publicized president that we have, uh, I'm here to show my support. Um, And also, I got to be honest, i watch a lot of news and I see what the Antifa people like to do to some uh, people when they're kind of like poaching them, kind of, you know, uh, the reporter and so on and so forth. who actually didn't even have a a preference for he was just reporting the news. uh, And I kind of wanted to walk through their circle to let them know that, you know what, you're not going to scare us off. You're not going to push us off of the issues. And we pay attention. We watch the news on a regular basis and see what's going on. And I just want to show my uh, support for a president that I think is uh, wrongly treated.
1: Okay, cool, and uh, Kate, can you describe the outfits you guys are wearing today for the uh, podcast audience?
4: So um, Jeff has a "Don't Be a Snowflake" uh, T-shirt um, along with our uh, "Make America Great Again" hats, and um, it really just kind of shows that like we're not afraid to represent what we believe in, and we're gonna stand by um, by each other as Trump supporters, and we're gonna be here, and nobody's like he said, and no one's gonna scare us away.
1: Okay, excellent. Now in San Diego, sometimes we've been reading more that it's leaning more. Um, towards the Democratic Party lately are a little bit bluer based on uh, voting records or voting um, registrations. Registrations, excuse me. So what do you think about that here in uh, San Diego? Is it tough to be a Trump supporter?
4: Um, I would say it is, uh, for the most part when people do mention that they are democratic, I tend to keep myself, um, not so much on front street about my beliefs because automatically we'll get labeled as racist or we're going to get mocked and we're going to get scrutinized. So I feel like it's not even worth the fight. I know what I'm going to believe in. I know the vote that I'm going to be giving. So we'll just see how it goes when it's time to vote.
5: And we're in California. Go on. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, We're in California, which by the way, um, I'll just go on the record and say I I think the left is doing a bang-up job here. And I'm thinking of quitting my job to get all the free shit before everybody else does. All right, can I say shit on your thing? All right, cool. All right.
1: (laughs) And and lastly, do you guys have any predictions for what's going to happen in the upcoming presidential election uh, in November?
5: I do. I think that um, next November. Yeah, actually, I, I really do. Um, I think what's really cool about um, the Republican Party and uh, the Trump, you know, people in general, is that no one expected this to happen before. That's because we're not going. There's like this silent majority, exactly. and you know what? We just show up for what's right. And I'm sorry, but you know, at the end of the day, with how far left everybody has gone in that party. Um, they're pushing all the moderates towards us, so I think we're just fine.
1: So, so you think Trump will win in uh, November 2020?
5: I think it's going to be a landslide.
4: Absolutely, yeah, without a doubt.
0: And we just heard from Elaine Adams, Jeff Greenwald, Kate Greenwald, Richard Hansen, and Jerry Hall. Michael Smolens, you're the political columnist for the Union Tribune. And a big political day just happened with President Donald Trump's visit. Let's understand the fundamentals first. What does Trump mostly have to gain by visiting San Diego at this point in time?
6: Money. That's the whole point of the trip to California. Mm -hmm. He's doing and saying a lot of other things. But let's not forget that this is a fundraising trip. And uh, it was very successful, you know, uh, that... We all look at California as being hostile political territory for Trump, and most people like to point out, or often point out, that he lost California by more than four million votes. Well, more than four million Californians did vote for him. He Mm -hmm. lost in a landslide, 30 points to Hillary Clinton. But- those Republicans, by and large, are pretty uh, to very enthusiastic about the president. They, they support him strongly. And a lot of them opened up their pocketbooks up in the Bay Area, L.A., for two fundraisers and now down here. And uh, combined, it was like uh, $15 million, they, The the camp- uh, Trump victory campaign says, uh, including $4 million here. So that was the key thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And I remember, I believe it was maybe about a month ago, we looked at the latest uh, campaign finance records. And Trump was the number one recipient of all donations by a campaign. But there's also, at the time, more than 20 Democratic candidates. So that's not a
6: surprise. Uh, You know, The Republicans and he have done uh, an amazing job, uh, just in the pure dollar sense. But an incumbent president with no competition in his party is always going to be leading. Mm -hmm. And certainly. Do we know any of the individuals that attended
0: the fundraiser at the U.S. grant, though?
6: Oh, uh, you know, I understood that Carl DeMaio, the, uh, the former city councilman, radio talk show host, uh, and, and congressional candidate did. I believe uh, uh, Doug Manchester, the developer and former owner of the Union Tribune. Uh, I don't know other names quite yet. The, the interesting thing was... At all these fundraisers, the press—they were close to the press, mm-hmm. so w- information kind of comes out slowly. It wasn't that long ago that it ended, and of course, he went straight to the border.
0: Certainly, and we will likely learn a little bit more from our columnist Diane Bell as exactly who was there in the next coming days. I'm um, sure. So, what was your reaction to kind of how S- Trump treated San Diego? Because unlike other places he visited, it seemed like he didn't insult us at all. <laughs> well. He's been taking aim at, at
6: cities, uh, big urban uh, democratic cities, uh, Chicago, Baltimore, as we mm-hmm. recall, and more recently, L.A. and San Francisco. He's always criticized California and California's democratic leadership and the, the governor <laughs> Uh, but particularly he's taken aim at homelessness, and homelessness has been a huge problem there, and a lot of people agree with him on the basic problem. There's a lot of disagreement at the policy level about what to do about it and whether he talks about the federal government coming in and doing a lot of stuff, kind of tough-sounding that he's going to clean up the streets. Let's see what kind of follow-through there is, uh, that that there often is some broad statements and the follow-through is a little different. Um, interestingly, down in San Diego, he was asked about homelessness and he talked about, kind of put off the question that uh, more will be coming out and they've had some vague notions of, uh, you know, involving police more, doing something for more shelter and so forth. Uh, but he zeroed in again on LA and San Francisco, like most cities in California where, uh, homelessness population has seen double digit increases in last year. Mm-hmm. He did give a shout out to mayor Faulkner in San Diego because, Our homeless population has dropped 6% over the last year. Now, I always have to say there's a caveat because, as we've reported time and time again they used a different methodology. So, of course, it's going to be different, and it might be an apples-to-oranges comparison. We'll see down the line. But as you and I have talked before, the the mayor and the city have been getting uh, quite a bit of attention on this front, and uh, so it was
0: just sort of an aside. That wasn't his point from coming here. Mm -hmm. And after the hepatitis A outbreak, the city did change some policies. We see more routine street cleaning downtown and also more sweeps. So it seems that policies are in place to keep things from getting too worse but homelessness is still a pervasive problem
6: it sure is yeah and and like I said that are that people just being moved around clearly we have these you know these tent shelters that mm-hmm. have been put up that wasn't part of the program and policy before that but they realized they had to triage the situation rather than just focus on the long-term uh, permanent housing aspect uh, and whether they can do that that's really going to be the key as so every, every, every place whether they can make a dent in homelessness by providing housing.
0: And when it comes to border issues, uh, Trump just finished a brief visit to the Otay Mesa border where he uh, spoke to reporters. So part of this is optics. Uh, do you think Trump succeeded in kind of playing to his base there? Oh, I,
6: I think he does any time he brings up uh, uh, the, the, the fence, the wall. Uh, to. Uh, you know, large degree, it is working here. I mean, we've had uh, a fence, a very sort of flimsy one, as he pointed out. It, it was old, uh, you know, airline mats uh, mm-hmm. the, or airline, uh, uh, you know, military airfield mats, t- temporary mats. And then it grew into a much more sophisticated thing. And now they've replaced a lot of it with these, you know, the 18-foot tall uh, fences that are pretty close to impenetrable. So he's lauding that. Now they haven't really added. I think they've started adding a little bit new fencing, but it gets very uh, very confusing because a lot of this replacement fence, they're crediting this is the Trump fence. It's stuff that was planned. Uh, yeah. Having said that, it, the other the those earlier fences were pretty easy to get through or get over, and these are much more difficult. So it's interesting because he had been banging the drum for so long about how horrible the situation is election time's coming, so he's starting to look at these situations and the situation here and elsewhere, but particularly here, as a success story. At least that's how he's billing it, because uh, the crossings are more difficult here, and as we've reported, uh, the illegal crossings have dropped uh, dramatically in recent, uh, in the last month or so.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that is because of a variety of policies, including the migrant protection protocols and various changes to asylum.
6: It's interesting, just on that point, because just listening to him, he kept talking about the wall being a big or the fence, he calls the wall, it's really a fence uh, factor in that. Uh, But you're right, that that a lot has to do with with basically the cutoff of uh, allowing asylum. I mean, that's pretty much what they've done. And uh, Trump, which as you rarely hear, he gave a fair amount of credit to Mexico. Of course, he'd been threatening Mexico left and right with tariffs and so forth. Mm -hmm. But they got their military involved at their southern border to try to stop people And uh, he believes that that's been uh, there and in the interior. That's made a big difference. And so uh, he's saying some nice things
0: about Mexico all of a sudden. Yeah, all in all, it seems like this visit did go relatively smoothly. There were some protests and people supporting him, but nothing violent happened. So it's a good day for him. Well, he
6: always always draws, uh, you know, those crowds. And Mm -hmm. usually there's more of the anti than the pro. But uh, it's usually pretty good street theater. From my understanding, it was... Pretty tame. You know, we had almost a riot when he, during his uh, election campaign in 2016, when they had that big uh, rally inside the convention center. Mm -hmm.
0: This was nothing like that. It uh, was more street theater. Certainly. Michael Spolens, thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time.